Welcome back to another episode of Dentistry's Growing with Grace podcast. Join Grace and her guest of the week as they discuss lessons learned in the industry and explore unique insights into ethical growth. Hello and welcome back to Dentistry's Growing with Grace. I am your host, Grace Rizza, uh, owner and founder of Identity Dental Marketing and Dentistry's Growing with Grace podcast and Facebook group. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Singh. Dr. Singh, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Grace. Thank you for having me and for the opportunity. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Me too. I was, I was excited. So a lot of times I'll put out a post inviting people to be on my podcast. And my most viewed podcasts are just dentists talking about their experiences with the intention of helping other people. And I know this morning you shared with me, Dr. Singh, that that is really your only motivator here is let's share information and let's help people. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had uh, been lucky enough to learn a lot in the last year and a half. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, if, if I had the opportunity to learn that through someone, I'd rather have done that instead of going through it myself. So yeah, I know I'm happy uh, to share the information and the opportunity. Thank you so much. Um, I love the phrase that, you know, smart people will learn from their mistakes, but brilliant people will learn from others' mistakes. So we're going to call all of our listeners brilliant today because they're going to learn from us. So um, let's, let's rewind um, in your career. Tell me what motivated you to become a dentist in the first place? Sure. Yeah. Well, my background's Indian. And, uh, you know, if you go with the cliche, you're either doctor, engineer, or 7-Eleven owner. Um, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, uh, but uh, what happened was, you know, I, we, I immigrated here when I was about nine years old, and uh, we had to go through the whole process here, back home to India, and then back. And so my parents were, you know, very, very much encouraging me to go into medical school. Um, I, at that point, had little interest in medicine. I was more interested in, in the 7-Eleven or the business, no joke, <laughs> you know, having a business. And so I, I went, I, I looked around um, and uh, I found a nice balance. I, you know, I was shadowing a dentist, a physician, a nurse, um, you know, an engineer and a business, businessman. And at that time, it was important for me, you know, hey, I have to have my parents certainly have to be happy with the decision I make. So let me do this, you know, dentistry has healthcare, has a business aspect, I'm gonna do this. Uh, at the time, they weren't too happy with my decision, but I think they're pretty happy now. So that's how I got it into it. Was it good dentistry. enough? It well, wasn't good enough? Hey, if you're, if you're thinking about back in the 90s, early 90s, if you weren't a doctor, you're not good enough <laughs> physician, right? So- uh, Oh, I'm like, I, well, you are a doctor. I, yeah. that, that would be my response, but you yes. know. Little, little like cultural information. Um, it's like one of those things, you know, every cultural group has their own little thing. And so for immigrants at that time uh, from India, you're, you know, the, the biggest thing you could do was come to the US and be a physician. Uh, and, you know, so there was that, there was that thing. Uh, I thought it was very funny the whole way through um, because my parents are visibly upset. Like dental school, you know, that's like second place. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I think, so, so now I think, you know, I think we've reconciled that pretty well. They're, they're very happy with my decision. And uh, we, so it, you know. it would probably not be very nice of me when I meet an Indian doctor to say, so your parents must be really disappointed in you. Like, oh, to just start, don't start, <laughs> you know, don't start with that. Right. 
if you if you know them and you know they have a good sense of humor that's where i would start that's what i would do that would be my opening line yeah it, it so for for anyone listening um especially my my indian clients i just want you to know come into my family you'll be a huge success huge everything's relative so yeah. you know so so for you you chose dentistry and that was because yeah. you had this interest in business but you're also wanting to to please your your family and and live up to to expectations that may have had an influence there too yeah. right at that point and, yes absolutely and then what part of it um besides just aligning with your skills and aspirations what part of it once you got into it were you were you like yep this is the thing yeah um, I think the best part that I love then and I still love now is you would have to work hard to get bored in dentistry. Um, actually working in a, in a body cavity while that person's alive, awake. Um, actually, yeah. you know, dealing with your team, dealing with patients conversationally, um, building relationships, the business side of it, actually understanding the basic principles of, of supply and demand and demographics and how you want to, you know, use that to grow your business. Um, and then even the things that you can grow out of that, you know, some people go into consulting, some people, as we've seen the growth of DSOs, there's so much there. What attracted me and continues to attract me is if you're in this field, you can pretty much pick and choose what you want to do and succeed in it, in dentistry, in the field of dentistry. And so that's what continues to excite me. I love that. I love that. Um, I think a lot of people go into it for, for passion they don't always consider that blend of business acumen and clinical skill. And, and we'll definitely get to talking about that later as well. But I, I do think it's, it's interesting that you considered your interests and your strengths as well as, you know, the passion for serving others and, and all the things that come along with it. Um, what advice would you give to your younger self or to someone who's just getting out of dental school? Yeah, you know, that's a tricky question um, for me because I had pretty a very non-traditional upbringing in this country, right? We didn't get to be a family till 10 years old in the U.S. You're an immigrant. But the advice that still holds true, holds true to me is, right, you know, you have to know yourself. You have to know what, what are you passionate about? You, you said it. What do you want to do? And, and then a close second is, is that going to pay the bills, right? So my advice um, would be once you figured those two things out, get out there and make mistakes faster, <laughs> you know, do it. Um, you're not going to learn the things uh, about the business of dentistry, for example, by constantly just learning and not applying. You have to try it. And then you have to learn from the results and then modify your approach and just keep going. So the advice, um, just to summarize, would be go out there and do it. And then, you know, if you don't succeed, Try again, take a deep breath and try again, you know, just keep going. I think we're lucky in, in the dentistry field, particularly that, you know, you'd have to mess up pretty bad to not be able to put a roof over your head or to feed your family. So having that behind you, having gotten that degree, make your mistakes, you know, learn quickly, make them and just keep going. Yeah, um, I, I have seen some situations where things happen really outside of people's control and, and they do end up financially having to start over. It's rare. It is rare. And I think the reason the banks are so willing to give you money 
um, compared to some other businesses is because the, the success rate is very high in dentistry, yeah. even with competition, even with the movement of, of corporations coming into dentistry, still is a, a pretty high success rate compared to other business types. So I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, and for anyone who's listening, who's like, well, that wasn't my experience. Like I wasn't planning on my wife divorcing me, my building burning to the ground or COVID hitting like the day I opened my doors like that. That's been really challenging for a lot of people. So, of course, there are, you know, um, just really unforeseen things that can happen or even that bad transition where you bought the practice, you thought it was something, you get in there as an owner and it's not what you thought. And, right. and, and due diligence in those experiences and having advisors right. is, is really helpful too. Um, I think a big part of, of this is of success, not just in dentistry, but in anything, is a person's willingness to risk and their ability to discern, um, you know, healthy risk, obviously. Um, do you remember a time in your career where you were really uncomfortable with risk um, in terms of maybe making investments or moving forward? And, and was there any moment you can think of that was kind of a turning point for you on uh, perspective of risk? You know, um, I have, I've not, I've taken, so if, if you met me and most of my friends say I'm not a risk taker, but I'm definitely not, I, 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 I'm probably not in the middle of the road, you know, and I kind of tend to go offside and just do things like that's crazy. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, but that kind of ties back to, you know, again, knowing yourself. Um, I wouldn't say there was a time. I think my problem was always that I didn't have enough um, good advisors earlier on when I was getting into dentistry, right? So I knew I had to learn business and clinical um, and I didn't seek them out. And that was entirely my fault. I should have, if, if anything, I should have gone out there and sought advisors, really talked to them, sought mentors earlier on in my career. Um, and so I think that's probably um, the closest I come to that. Um, I wish I would have done then um, those things, found the right advisors, found the right mentors and, and really accelerated that process. Uh, as opposed to trying to figure it all out. Absolutely. I hear that from a lot of people. And, and I think it's hard too, because what I've seen people do, especially because I'm in, I'm in the space of marketing, branding, you know, practice growth. I've seen dentists choose a marketing agency. And I did this, I had the same mistake early in my career with a, with a different advisor, a uh, different type of advisor. And maybe they don't, get what they expected from it. And so then they give up on it entirely. They give up on the whole concept of marketing because of one, sometimes two, sometimes three bad experiences. You see in Facebook forums all the time right now, people saying, well, do it yourself. Forget about it. No agency is going to do what you need them to do. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, this is so painful because that new doctor right there, like that is the worst advice. They need people to know that they're there. They need really good advisors and they're being told to give up before they start. And it's too soon for them to give up. They have no foundation, you know? And so to add to that, I think that the seeking great advisors early is, is a phenomenal you know, tip. But also if you find one that isn't a fit for you, 
don't give up entirely on the concept of having advisors. Right. Um, I always tell I my team, like, yeah, I always tell my team, we're not going to make the exception, the rule. We're not going to take like that, that one, that one client who told us to do things a certain way. And even though the, the, the hundreds of other people we've worked with have not had the same concern and we're not going to apply that one piece of advice to everything we do from now on, you know? Right. So it's, yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with that. It's, you know, it's so important and it is, you know, it's, it's to the point of risk-taking, we're, we're all going to get burned. Probably we're going to get burned more than we succeed. That is how life is. And it is tough. Um, and, you know, I've had some pretty hard hits in the past two years, but frankly, uh, that experience has enrich, enriched me. Uh, and and it, it also has a lot to do with perspective, right? Um, if you can take what you have and make the best of it, and then you have those genuine, good advisory or mental relationships, you can come out of this. You can come out of whatever it is that's, that's pushed you down. And I think that's the key, right? That mindset and, and saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to take this risk again with this person. And that applies across the board, right? I mean, for me, it's a lot like dating. <laughs> You know, it took a long time for me to find my wife. I'd given up on dating. And then I said, well, I'm going to try again. And, uh, you know, it was a success story. And, and I wouldn't be the man that I am without her. So uh, I think that risk taking and being able to get up when you've been disappointed, you have, to, you have to feel that there's something better and go for it. Otherwise, what are we doing? <laughs> exactly. I, I love that. I do think it's a lot like like dating. Um, you mentioned the past two years have been um, different for you. You've had some some challenges, some things that have that have maybe. I think we. I think a lot of us can relate to that. Um, tell us a little bit, whatever you're comfortable sharing, sure. kind of from that. Tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, you know, I had a practice in Connecticut. We're doing really well. Uh, 2019 uh, got recognized by the SBA, awarded as a micro enterprise of the year. And I had my practice. I was in, you know, as we had given over over 10 years or over 15 years, we'd given over a million dollars of donated dentistry and life was good. And so uh, as, as happened, as everybody knows, COVID hit. Uh, my wife lost her dad in Poland. And it was, uh, it was just a shock because we're, I'm very family oriented. I didn't have family there when I was younger. So my biggest goal right now is that, uh, you know, in whatever I can do, it's to serve that. Um, and so having, when that happened, we decided that we would move uh, to make sure that my parents are taken care of because this is a time where my dad was having some health issues. Um, so we sold our practice, um, sold our home, um, relocated here and had plans to um, my wife's mom to bring her over so we could really take care of that older generation. Um, and uh, we recently lost her uh, because of travel restrictions and vaccination issues. We couldn't bring her over. Um, and that was a real hard hit because the whole move here to take care of my folks, I feel like I let her down. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so, but, you know, the whole process, um, it really makes you focus like, okay, you know, what, what, you, what do you really want? And if that's in front of you and, you know, whether you're a religious person or not, you, you need to have something bigger than you to believe in. And uh, 
once you have that figured out, you just, you know, you put that and make that a priority and really helps when, when you're thinking about someone else and doing things for that, it just really helps you focus. Um, in contrast to, for me, I think I struggled until this whole event to not be selfish. You know, um, I'll say it, uh, you know, it, it really forced me to break out of that mold and say, what's important? It's not me, you know? So that was a real life opening experience. And I think uh, to a great degree, it's gonna impact the second half of my career in a very positive way. Yeah, absolutely. I had a very similar, I mean, um, a very similar experience. And I think a lot of people did. I think a lot of people through in the last couple of years have, have found a deeper meaning and purpose in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think that answers that question of when you go, God, how, how are you allowing this to happen? Well, there's, there's purpose, there's purpose in pain and there's purpose in struggle. And if we are just working for the dollar, I will just say, it doesn't matter how many dollars you acquire, it will never fulfill you. It will never right. be enough and it will never feel purposeful. Um, and having that deeper meaning in your life and that deeper understanding of why are we here? Like answering right. that question right. changes everything. And, and I, I, I just love what you said about that, that this next part, this is kind of like a fresh start. Um, yeah. new, new location. Yeah. Um, you're, you're, you're building your next step in your career as well. But as a leader, a different perspective is, is going to change your leadership style. So absolutely. It, you know, the relationships are going to be just the, the type of relationship is going to be totally different than what I had before because of this experience. You know, you learn to value every single individual for what they want and see how you can help them and how you can help each other. Whereas before, as you already know, you know, it was about transactional, like, okay, I'll pay you this much. I'm, you know, what are we going to get? And we move along. So I think, um, you know, yes, COVID has certainly forced, and I think in a good way, all of us to evaluate in the sense that those of us who are going to be meaningful leaders are going to see the benefit of that. And those of us who aren't willing to or unable to learn will have to work harder. And, you know, um, but ultimately I think it's, it's a better place uh, despite all the, the losses, you know? Oh, I do know. I've, it's so funny. Like the last, I would say several months, it was, uh, I went on a religious retreat and my friend that I, I went with, um, we did a, a 33 mile walk wow. um, and everyone spoke Polish, but me. So I didn't understand <laughs> any of it. Um, I knew what they were praying and I was praying on my own, but I, I was in a, in a different environment than I'm used to. And okay. I don't usually move from my desk. I'm not yeah. like one of these, these healthy people that have it all figured out that, you know, if I wake up at 4am, it's because I have too much stress. It's not because I'm <laughs> yeah. like, going to the gym. Right, right. so I'm, I'm in this situation where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And my friend's like, you might have some like spiritual attacks that happen after this. I'm like, it's okay. Like, I want to do this. I need to do this. And it has been thing after thing, after thing, after thing since early August, I'm talking like sickness, the move, uh, ER visits, surgeries, dog surgeries, kids surgeries, like just all in a row. And through all of that, I feel this inner 
contentment and joy that I never had in my life. So even though you're going through the same challenges, they're more bearable. They're more sustainable when you're rooted in, in your faith. And when you have that, so I don't know, just an aside, it's, I love when people bring up faith. So it's a game changer in every way. It is, you know, I think on a more general sense too, you have to have something bigger than yourself. You know, it's just, for me, I have been at a point in my life where it was all you, you either through disappointment or through laziness. It was like, well, how can I do better? How can I do this? And it just became a lot of use and how can I make it better for them? And it just things seem, you know, things just start rolling. So, um, yeah. You still I didn't realize, are you, are you, are you, are you a Polish background or you, you mentioned everyone knew Polish, but you, I'm not, I'm not at okay. all Polish. <laughs> okay. I, thought, I thought you were on this retreat and everybody was speaking Polish or something or my my friend that invited me is polish and she speaks polish so she was like i can i can translate for you i was like no i'm good (laughs) i'm like i'll just pray it on my own so it was uh, it was like 90 degrees out and it was uh it was it was transformational it was great it was really cool nice um so when we're looking at business, I feel like you're in the middle of an aha moment. You're in the middle of kind of this transition, this like transition in your life. Um, we still, even if, even if in our mind and our heart, we know what matters, we are still going to be challenged with things such as uh, hiring, firing. We still have to be able to fire people. As a business owner, you have to be able to fire people. Right. Um, it's just, it's just different when you have faith. Um, I was really struggling because I had to let someone go on my team. And since having my own spiritual kind of awakening, I really didn't ever want to have to fire anyone. I had this rosy like perception of, of how new grace is going to function. And, but I still had to do my job. And that is part of my job description as a, as a business owner. And I was really, I was praying about it and I was struggling with it. And I want to share this just in case anyone is facing the same thing. I remember saying, God, what am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do? And I remember feeling like, well, wow, you think that your tiny little action of letting this person go is going to destroy their whole life. Don't you think I can bring them new opportunity? Don't you think I will provide for them? Uh, it allowed me to stop carrying the God complex that like everything I do is so important. And it, it was a really helpful realization that I have an, I have a responsibility to, to make hard decisions, but that God will still provide for other people as well. Agreed. And I think it's a testament, you know, you're a conscientious person. I've had that same conscientious struggle you know how to what extent can I go to help this person and am I capable of it and it's actually humility that says wow I've tried really hard probably more than I should and at this point it's just important to be truthful and show them you know hey it's not working and how can I help you transition you know I just want to be honest and, and and what do you think it gives them an opportunity so I think you know I, 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 I connect with you on that. That was tough. It's probably one of those things that when you don't do, 
it may end up creating a, a worse situation, right? If that person is not good for the team, then now you're hurting all the other team members. So I think it's uh, everyone who has some level of conscience struggles with letting someone go, particularly, you know, in today's day and age. Um, but uh, to your point, yeah, there's a bigger plan at work and, and, and you simply have to do the best you can, you know, and, and be truthful about how things are. And, um, you know, I think that's all we can expect from each other. Yeah, it's a real, it is a real struggle though. It is a real struggle because we never, we never yeah. want to hurt anybody. We never want to do that. Um, I've got one last, well, I've got kind of two questions um, and maybe sure. you already answered the one. Are there any particular aha moments that you'd like to share, um, you know, in addition to finding a bigger purpose? Are there, are there any, any learning experiences you think that would be helpful? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I know this, is, this could be considered a generic answer, um, but um, through my experience, I've struggled with humility and just not listening before I answer or I talk. And I think in any relationship building, in any communication, business, personal, the ability to listen for the purpose of understanding, as opposed to listening for the purpose of responding to that person, you know, like listening, waiting a couple of minutes, making a couple of seconds. And okay, I got what this person's saying before you respond. That's been a game changer for me. And I still struggle with it. Sometimes I want to talk and respond and to really connect with someone, you got to listen, give it a second, make sure you understand that they're done and then give them your honest answer. And I think that just creates a dynamic that's, you know, so easy to build a relationship then. And so that's been a, personally, that's been a huge aha moment. So oftentimes I'm like, okay, shut up, shut up. Listen, listen. <laughs> that's been a big aha for me. I struggle with that daily because I love, <laughs> I, had a, I had a business coach that once told me that I thrive in chaos. And I was like, hey, what does that mean? And ever since he told me that, I'm like, I'm doing this to myself. Like I'm over committing <laughs> myself. Um, but I tend to pile on so much responsibility and so much desire to grow. And I, I am fast paced and I love to be overwhelmed apparently that I like to move fast and that makes it hard to slow down and listen to understand. So yeah, that's a good one yeah, for everything in life. It is, you know, not everyone is going to be like, uh, you or me, where we're like, we got to get things done. We can communicate quickly and go. Some folks just, you know, it's their pace. And we have, we have to, I feel I have to respect that. And I think if I do that, I feel better relationships, better results, just a better connection. And that's more important to me than getting things done. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last question. And this is a tough one. And you sure. won't, not everyone listening will agree with this answer, I'm sure, because you, you, unless you give a political answer, it's a, it's a tough question. Sure. Um, what's more important, business acumen or clinical skill <clears throat> to the success um, of a dental practice? Yeah. Yeah, so for the success of a dental practice, business acumen is more important. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you my perspective why I feel that way. You know, the premise is we're dentists, we've gone to school, uh, we've got the basic skills, and we are lucky enough to be in a profession even today that you can, no matter how you do, you can still, and you can still put a roof over your head and feed your family. And, and we see this, you know, we have, a, we have a lot of colleagues who, who 
may not know the business side at all. You know, and I know for a fact, some of my colleagues can't read a profit and loss statement and really know what it means or a balance sheet. And, and so, you know, what happens is if that's, if, if that's not important uh, to you and you have what you want in life, that's great. But if you're looking for growth and if you're looking to do more, it's more important for dentists to know the, to have the business acumen because you've already got the basic skills, you know, but no one taught us uh, really how to do anything about business. And unless we're self-taught in that field, um, in that regard, you know, I think we're going to hold ourselves back. So in the context of this discussion, definitely business acumen. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one for me. It really is. But I, I do agree with you because even if, let's say your clinical skills aren't great when it comes to uh, wisdom teeth removal or something, mm -hmm. you can refer that out and you can yeah. still have a really successful practice. But if you don't know what's legal, let's say, mm -hmm. in how you, you document, uh, you know, patient files, you could complete, yeah. you could lose your license. I mean, there is no yeah. clinical skills without some True. basic business understanding. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, well, I just think, was that a political that, answer or did I answer? What do you think? No, you, <laughs> you did, you went right in, you said, okay, okay. business, um, for the sake of, of growing in your practice, if you want to grow in your practice. And I, I think that's, that's an honest answer. Um, but I, I would challenge our listeners. I know you've taken a great deal of, of um, interest, interest in furthering your clinical skills with your CE and everything that you do. Um, and maybe listening to this podcast or being in this Facebook group is starting to dip your toe into the, the business side. Um, get equally passionate about the business side and the, the challenges and overcoming the challenges on the business side and you will just, it'll be easier for you to do the clinical dentistry that you wanna do. So I'll, I'll leave it there. So Dr. Singh, thank you so much for sharing all this information and really with just the intention to, to help people. It really makes a difference. So thank you so much. You're welcome, Grace, and thank you. I, you know, this was like just hanging out with a friend and, and chatting and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, participating more in, in the Facebook group there. Thank you so much. And for all of you listening, join our Facebook group, Dentistry is Growing with Grace. If you have any questions about practice growth, how to accelerate your practice growth, you can reach out to me at grace at identitydental.com. And thanks again. Have a great day. Thank you.